Unleash the most powerful Pixel ever on the network chosen by Google, Verizon. Pixel 3 has more than just any camera. It takes group selfies, snaps in portrait mode, and helps you always pick the perfect moment with Top Shot, which automatically recommends the best picks, where no one is blinking and everything looks just right. And the Pixel 3 also has the power of Google Lens, which means you can search what you see. And when you get the Pixel 3 on Verizon, it comes with America's best network. Visit your local Verizon store today or learn more at po.st slash the ringer. Here at the NFL show, we talk a lot about football. Why do we call ourselves a show? If you aren't actually watching us, doesn't matter. What does matter is when you, when it comes to watching NFL football, you never have to miss a game with the Yahoo Sports mobile app. That's because the Yahoo Sports mobile app lets you watch local and primetime NFL games live on your phone. Tune into your favorite teams and the biggest NFL matchups wherever and whenever you want all NFL season long. So download the Yahoo Sports mobile app and watch NFL football at the tap of an app. Now onto the show. Yeah, that does sound weird. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show. I'm Robert Mays, joined as always by Kevin Clark. Kevin, how you doing, buddy? I am okay. The schedule gods are punishing us for this week because we had such a good last week. It not is a lot of good games. Brutal. Uh, yeah, so we are going to use the Thursday night game instead of doing that at the end as one of our good games because there just aren't many other ones. So that's fun. That's always good when you have to pick one more game from a pot you wouldn't normally have to choose it from. After last week when we struggled to find three good ones. Yeah, I mean, last last week was was a unicorn. This week is, is a unicorn the other way. So I, I just, you know, we have to look for the positive, the silver linings, Robert. There are games to, to learn things from this week. Absolutely. And that, you and just have kinda, to know where to look. That's how we're going to kind of kick off the show today. We're going to chat about the second half storylines that we're most interested in. And Kevin, let's start with a game we didn't get to on Sunday's show because it took place on Monday. The Dallas Cowboys had yet another embarrassing, I was going to say an embarrassing loss, but yet another embarrassing loss to the Titans in prime time. And now we have calls from just about everyone, including former Cowboys greats like Troy Aikman saying, it may be time for Dallas to tear this down. And I'm not necessarily in disagreement with Mr. Aikman. Where do you sit? So I have a couple of things to address. The first is that Jerry Jones went on the radio on Tuesday and said, Dak Prescott's getting an extension. He's young. We're giving him an extension. First of all, I don't know what kind of negotiation tactic that is because it seems seems like uh, Dak Prescott's agent would say, well, this is very exciting. Um, But beyond that, what what kind of deal are you going to give Dak Prescott? You're going to give him one of these mega deals because I certainly hope not because that would ruin the franchise. I'm not saying Dak Prescott's not, not, um, you know, a starting quarterback, but what I am saying is that the value in Dak Prescott is that he's being paid like a mid round pick. He's being paid like a fourth round pick. That's why they were able, you know, even with Tony Romo's dead cap uh, two years ago, they were able to sort of, uh, build a, a, a infrastructure around him that really worked. And if you're going to go out and, throw money and picks at the mistakes you've already made. You trade for Amari Cooper, maybe to save Jason Garrett's job. You're going to say, oh, we're going to give money to Dak Prescott for, for Lord knows what reason. It just seems like instead of addressing the actual problems they have, they're going to double down and try to make those problems work. That never, ever, ever works. Ever. And it is incredible that it's happening. And and let me tell you something. So I, I I've talked about this before, but the thing that maybe shaped my view of competitive the competitive nature of the NFL is so I, I, somebody a couple of years ago said, in order to figure out who's going to win the Super Bowl, you have to remember that not every team is trying to win the Super Bowl, and that you the number one prerequisite to trying to win the Super Bowl is is trying to win the Super Bowl, and it's not as many teams as you think. And when I look at this Cowboys team, and they seem obsessed with just protecting their current infrastructure, protecting what they've built, which is nothing. It just seems to me like they'd rather appear to be right than win. feels like Jerry Jones wants to succeed with this group instead of looking at the big picture and saying that this group is not good enough to win the modern NFL. See, I don't know if I agree with all that. And we're stepping on what my take shop was going to be a little bit. But I don't know, man. I feel like with a real coach that this team might be okay. The Prescott thing is an entirely different conversation. 
And if we want to talk about his extension, I think that we could talk about it in practical terms. The deal that I would give Dak Prescott if I were in the Cowboy situation right now, because I do think that we've seen him be a competent NFL quarterback, is the type of deal that Andy Dalton got, that Colin Kaepernick got, yeah. that Ryan Tannehill got, where you have that trap door that you can get out from under, where you can get out from under the deal one or two years. Like maybe, you know, they don't have the, they don't have Niners as cap space. And obviously Prescott's not Garoppolo. It's very different. In fact, Prescott's won a lot more games than Garoppolo. But I mean, it's probably a situation where they give him a lot of money up front and they can get out of, get out of it after two years. But you don't even have to do the Garoppolo thing. I mean, the Garoppolo no. contract is a massive amount of guarantees. I mean, the Andy Dalton contract, when he got it, the practical guarantees at signing were $17 million. Right. I, I, right. You can get out from under those deals fast. And Tannehill had a contract that was relatively similar. There was more guaranteed money, but it still wasn't the type of guarantees we see with these mega contracts. I know that was a couple of years ago and over the overall kind of the structure and paradigm for quarterback contracts has shifted a bit, but those contracts can happen. And I feel like that's the type of deal I would give him if I were Dallas, because I don't mind the infrastructure that they have. I, I they don't have a first round pick, dude. How are they going to, how are they getting better next year? They have a lot of cap space. <laughs> Uh, when you look at the free agent market, what do you what do you say? They have to I mean, sign we'll DeMarcus. They may have so, to no, sign they, they telegraphed, guy that bring yeah, back. They, they telegraphed it? that they have to give the extensions to guys like DeMarcus Lawrence, to Amari Cooper. Stephen Jones came out and said, we're going to get, obviously, we're going to re-sign Amari Cooper. So you're going to tie up that cap space with DeMarcus Lawrence, Amari Cooper. Well, you're not going to tie up cap space with Amari Cooper. You're going to pay Amari Cooper maybe less against the cap in 2019 than you were going to pay him on his fifth-year option. Oh, yeah. So, he's not going to make 14 a year. No, so that space you're—I mean, you're going to save some cap space in 2019. Demarcus Lawrence, that contract is going to give you a hit, but you still mm-hmm. have even if you give Demarcus Lawrence that extension, it, you, there's a chance they cut Sean Lee next year. I think that would absolutely be in the cards when you consider how well yeah, Van Der has played. He's hurt. He's hurt again. And he's also he's hurt again. And he's all hurt again. Exactly. There's going to be a way for this team to have some money, and I think that if you look at the defense and the players they have on defense, if I'm doing this. If I'm doing it, if I'm Jerry Jones in this situation, which is a very hard thing for me to kind of picture and put myself in, I'd want to do what a lot of teams have done recently, what the Bears did with Nagy and Vic Fangio. I think that what Chris Richard has done this season is very impressive. I think that there are defensive players on this Cowboys team that I'm excited about. I would love if they went out and got a very real offensive head coach, asked Richard if he wanted to stay as the defensive coordinator, and we could see what this group of offensive players looks like in a real NFL system because we do not see that right now. So here's let me play devil's advocate for a second. The Cowboys have forty seven million dollars in space next year. Yes, which is not that's not a lot, dude. That's three, oh, that's a the, lot for Cowboys standards, man. That is they, a ton for Cowboys. The standards. Kansas City Chiefs. Agent. The Kansas City Chiefs have forty four. You're going to try to win a super. I mean, like the the the, the default. I remember Lombardi has said this before, and and I completely agree with him. Cap space has become, and, he, and and this was a mistake he made in Cleveland, and he's talked about this, is the idea that cap space is all that important because, and here's why, because it's really easy to get cap space now because every I mean, the Packers are going to have 42. The Chiefs, as I said, are going to have 44. The sure, Los Angeles Rams are going to have 40. Is. The Los they Angeles Rams. I understand that, but I'm just saying everybody has money to spend next year. Cap space is overrated. People aren't going to come to the Cowboys because they're the Cowboys. This isn't baseball. Oh, I like, totally disagree with you. I think who? they're going to come to the Cowboys for a lot of reasons. Think who, about who, the d- d- give me the free place. agent who's taking a discount to come to, to I don't to think they're Dallas. taking discounts, but I do think people would want to come and play for the Cowboys. Why wouldn't they want to go play for the Chiefs or the Packers or the Rams? All those teams are worthwhile destinations too. Did do, do the Cowboys have to get every free agent? I'm just saying they have some financial flexibility. They can't. Some. They can't go out and build a Los Angeles Rams esque super team with 44 million. Do they need to do it next dollars. year? I'm just saying that they can be a relatively this team with a real offensive staff can win games next year. Several okay. of them. But I, what I'm saying is this is a team that should have made a Super Bowl run two years ago when they lost to Aaron Rodgers well, that's fine, in, in the but divisional that's round. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is the point is to win a Super Bowl and this team cannot win a Super Bowl with this core. I disagree with that. Okay. I, I, just, I think this team can win a Super Bowl with this core two years from now. They can't do it a year from now. They can do it. I'm not saying they can win the Super Bowl in 2020 without getting significantly better at certain spots. They need another pass catcher. They need a really good one. The stuff like that needs to happen. But 
I still like where this team is from a talent perspective, and they do have enough flexibility. The flexibility they did not have two, three years ago. It's not a disaster. There, that defense can play. And the offense, when Frederick comes back, that offensive line is still going to be pretty darn good. Zeke Elliott is still pretty darn good. They need a couple guys that can catch the ball, and they need a new coach. That is what they need, and I think that this team can compete in that, in that division 100%. Well, I agree. I mean, obviously, the new coach is, is first and foremost. Jason Garrett's lost six of his last seven challenges. It, it, it's a disaster, man. It is an absolute disaster. Watching that offense pains me. Yeah. And whatever you think of Dak Prescott, and I know that there are he has drawbacks. With a real offense, I still think this could be a functioning NFL team. I really do. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I just I, I think they're they're they if the if the everything breaks right, they could win. 12, 13 games win the division in a perfect world, you know, in 2020 or whatever. But I just, when I look at the best NFL teams and I see how much work they put into it and how efficient they are and how many good roster decisions they made, they are really, really far away, in my opinion. I don't think to, they're that to far be in away. the upper echelon. Yes, to I, be I the think upper they echelon. They're far away from the Rams. They're far away from. That's the what teams, I'm talking about. I'm not talking. About, I mean, they they could make the damn playoffs this year because the 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 best team, the best well, offense. They can't make in, the playoffs this year. But again, and we can't why can't ask they make the playoffs to be the Rams and they, the Chiefs? But they, not everyone is going to be that. You're not going to have those decisions. No one, Andy Reid and I, Sean McVay don't exist. What I'm saying is it's not like it's. A, there are four teams that have done it that have gotten into the elite of the NFL. The Chargers and the Panthers are right there. It's not impossible. I don't know why we're throwing up our hands and saying the Dallas Cowboys can never be the top team in the NFL. But I'm they saying can. just because they can't be the Rams next season doesn't mean right. this is a lost cause. This is a Jason Garrett thing to me. It has nothing to do they're only, but with... But they're only going to get worse because they're going to start paying their quarterback more and they don't have a first-round pick next year. They're going to throw money at the players they currently have. What I'm saying is, is that they, I just don't The Rams didn't have path. a first-round pick this year either. I, I'm yeah, well, saying, the Rams might win the Super Bowl in three months. That's fine. I, I just think it's not as far away as you seem to. All right, let's talk about those couple other teams that are kind of on the edge of cracking into the elite, and that's Carolina and the Chargers. Yeah, I feel like they are right there. And we've talked about these teams a lot in recent weeks. Uh, both of their offenses are exciting. Both of their offenses just have kept pace. I, I guess yeah. that's what I'd say. And the Panthers in a more surprising way than the Chargers. I mean, even though based on some of the schematic decisions the Chargers made last year or analytical decisions, maybe we should be surprised that they've managed to keep pace. I mean, what do you think about the, this team, the, both of these teams' ability is to knock off a Chargers, or excuse me, a Rams or a Chiefs come playoff time. Right? Do you think that that is very realistic, somewhat realistic? I mean, where it's kind of your shock factor in regards to this. So the, the big picture thing here is that no player at the trading deadline, nobody you could have possibly acquired even in the offseason is as good as Joey Bosa. Yep. Joey Bosa's not played for the Chargers. Assuming he comes back and looks like Joey Bosa, I don't see any scenario in which that's not a massive game changer. Now, you start to look at the playoff picture. Can the Chargers go on the road and beat a team like the Chiefs? Can they go on the road and beat a team like the Patriots? I think that they have... I don't think they have the talent of those top four teams, but I think Phillip Rivers is going to put up a lot of points. Somebody like Joey Bosa is going to be able to wreck a couple of plays. Um, I mean, their defense is still, you know, they, they've got they've got talented guys there. Derwin James uh, can make a couple plays. And so I think they have the right recipe to pull an upset. So I'm not saying that, you know, they're my Super Bowl favorites or anything like that. But I am saying that it would not, you said, what's the shock factor? If they go into New England or they go into Kansas City and they win a game, I would not be shocked at all. If they do both, that would surprise me a little bit. But again, they have the right recipe, which is they can put up a lot of points and they can create turnovers and 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 disrupt the game from the defensive side. It's funny. I think that the Chargers have as good or better talent than the Patriots or the Chiefs. If you look at all 22 starters, I absolutely yeah. do. I, I mean, don't maybe. Trust their Did you see the stat? To- Did you see the stat the other day? I actually said it on worst picks. The Chiefs have a top three fantasy player at quarterback, sure. running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Yeah, but you get Andy Reid in that scenario. Yeah, and no, t- I know. I'm just, but Andy Reid can't create all, and those are some good, good players. Oh, they're really good, but if they're they're fantastic. But I think if you gave Andy Reid this Chiefs or this Chargers offense, they'd be pretty damn good. Tyrell Williams, oh, Mike yeah. Williams, Keenan Allen, 
Melvin Gordon and Philip Rivers is not exactly, you know, no. a bad collection of skill position I, I, players. I, I don't think they are, but I think they're they're all a little notch below what the Chiefs have. It's different. It's a different group. They're not as explosive. But I mean, a guy like Keenan Allen, it, it almost doesn't even make sense on the Chiefs' offense now because they don't have anybody like that. Yeah. Travis Kelsey is their closest comparison. But those guys still get open. They still have a ton of just explosive ability when you think of how much separation they can create. Tyra Williams is an awesome deep threat. I feel like this, the talent is there. I just don't know if I trust Anthony Lynn on the road. I don't know if I trust this offensive game plan compared to, you know, especially what's been in years past. It's been much better this year, but I still feel like I would give those other teams the edge more on how much I trust the entire package than me thinking they have just better talent than the Chargers do. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I, I, when I was talking about talent, I was obviously talking about the Chiefs because when I look at the roster talent of of the Patriots, I mean, it's a pretty... It, of the Patriots dynasty years, this has been... This is a, a, a fairly untalented roster relative to only other Patriots teams. I guess I think that. And, and, and part of the reason that I would concede that to you is that I think that Gronk is such a diminished version of himself that even if he's on the team, it's different. I also think the Patriots are going to make the Super Bowl. So, like, let's not... I, I, this is not me ripping the Patriots. I'm just saying this is... Obviously, Bill Simmons has talked about this, especially earlier in the year. I agree that just as far as weapons go, this is not nearly as good as... Tom Brady has had, and it's definitely towards the bottom. Oh, I disagree with that. I mean, well, it, I mean, it, that's well, you mean like when true. he had like David Branch? I mean, like 2006. Let's go back to 2006 yeah. and compare it to this group of weapons. Josh Gordon is on this team. Yeah. How many Patriots receivers of the Tom Brady era could have made that catch he made along the sideline? Um, One? Who, Moss? Yeah. Could Welker? No. I don't know about that. The ball would have gone two feet over Welker's head. Just because he dropped a pass over his uh, over his head in the Super Bowl doesn't mean he couldn't get the vert now. I'm, I'm not sure Wes Welker's pulling that ball in, especially I'm with the body control. I mean, it, it, Josh Gordon is a ridiculous talent. If, even if you can't think you can rely on him for the rest of the season, and that guy gives them a notch they just did not have. And that's why the Patriots are the best. I wrote about this on Monday. They're the team that's going to go out and get Josh Gordon for Tom Brady at the midway point of the season or a quarter into the season, whatever it was. They're the team that's going to find every single edge to win, and that's why they're the best. And they're, what they're doing... I agree that the weapons on paper aren't necessarily the best he's had, but the way they've used them is incredible. This is the wonkiest Patriots offense in terms of personnel usage that I can remember. And that says a lot because we have plenty of examples. Yeah, no, I, uh, it, it, it's interesting to me because I just think that it gets into how, how bad can the Patriots look on paper? And I still think they're going to make the Super Bowl. And uh, this team I, definitely clears that bar for me. 100%. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that we're not there yet for me. I still think this team is going to to make the Super Bowl because, as I've said, my, their default is to make the Super Bowl. So I'm not going to pick against them until either they've proven they're not going to make the Super Bowl or they just look horrendous. And that has not happened as of yet. Who do you think is a better chance to come out of their conference? The Chargers or the Panthers? The Chargers. I think that the I think the I Saints, don't know if I think that that's so weird. I think the Saints are just so consistent, and I think they know exactly. I think you know exactly what kind of game you're going to get out of them. It's going to be thirty eight, twenty eight, maybe something like that. I don't know. You know, talking about the Saints defense, I just think it's really interesting to me because we talked about the future of defense uh, last last yesterday at the at the NFL planning meeting we had here in Los Angeles. And I just think that if the Saints can start getting turnovers, they they can they can be a good modern defense. Almost every team in the NFL, even though I know good teams get passed on, that's how this works. Almost every good team in the NFL is in the bottom half of of um, pass defense, even adjusted for attempts. That's just sort of how this works right now. There is no perfect team right now from a pass defense standpoint. But I think the real future of defense is just giving up a lot of points, but being able to create turnovers, getting sacks, and and winning games with big plays, big play type defenses. You can't that you can't build a defense that way, though. I understand, but the Saints might win the Super Bowl with it. 
but you can't build a defense that way. The Saints' big plays on defense, the ones that you're thinking of, are against Minnesota. The only reason that P.J. Williams intercepts that ball and brings it back for a touchdown is because Stephon Diggs stopped running. It had nothing to do with P.J. Williams no, making no, no, a play. No, 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 I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, is that, I mean, the, the, literally, we are rewriting the rules of defense in real time. And I think that 10 years ago, the Saints team would have been viewed very, very differently. But I really do think that the Saints defense is good enough to win you a Super Bowl because it's 2018 and because points are at an all-time high. All you have well, to do is... I don't disagree is, with you there, but I, I just feel like this Panthers team could absolutely hang with the Saints team scoring points. They're not... I feel like they might be a bad matchup because the Saints have actually been one pretty good versus the run. And they've been much better at linebacker than they've been at in years past. I know that might sound strange, but Demario Davis was not a bad signing. He's actually played well for them. And Alex Anzalone is a guy that got hurt for them early last year. And that I was like, all right, this guy looks like he can play a little bit. And he's been useful. So I feel like they'd be able to stop the run a little bit against this Panthers team, which kind of, you know or hurts them other places. That's really what they want to be. Plus a lot of horizontal stuff after the catch. They don't have as much of a vertical game as they've had in years past, which mm-hmm. for the Panthers is weird to say. So I, I've, have, these teams haven't played, have they? I uh, know they have not. I don't no, so I was going to say, I, I can't remember what they looked like against each other, but I'll be curious to see if the Saints defense is actually a bad matchup for the Panthers offense, just because Carolina does not have that vertical aspect that the Saints have had trouble with this season. Yeah, I mean, look, the Saints defense is is bad. Like they yes. are, they they they, they it's bad against give the up. Pass. They give up. Well, that's really all that matters. Well, um, sure, but I mean, th- this Carolina team isn't no, is interesting. Is, is a strange version of an NFL passing game in 2018, especially compared to what they've been in the past. That's what yeah. I'm saying. No, I, and so they they give up. Oh, the only team worse against the pass in the NFL is the Cincinnati Bengals. Oddly enough, the Chiefs... But here, here's here's the new NFL for you. Okay? I'd throw the bucks out there for good measure. Just well, no, I'm just from yardage. But here's the new NFL, okay? The top seven worst pass defenses in the NFL, okay? New Orleans Saints, Kansas City Chiefs are fifth worst. New England Patriots are seventh worst. That's the new NFL for you. And, ne- and none of these teams have been discounted. I, I mean, New England, yeah. I mean, I, New England's middle of the road in like most advanced metrics. I mean, but this is given all up, stuff. But they've, I mean, they've given up 274. I'm, I'm just saying. Well, that's just, what, I mean, teams pass when they're no, losing. No, I understand. <laughs> I understand that. But I mean, look, the Tampa Bay Bucks, you know, they, well, they're they're a whole different story. They're just bad. I mean, they, right. you could be just bad. I think the other teams are they're They look worse than they actually are. I mean, they can't, the Chiefs are 14th in pass defense DVOA. No, I know. So I, I think that you know, you know it's, the Chiefs are actually getting much better. The Chiefs are your example of a team of a defense making big plays. It's built to do it because you have a guy like D Ford that can wreck the game. Right. I mean, that's you need one pass rusher, and the, I guess the Saints do have that. I mean, Cam Jordan is a star. There's really no denying that. All right, let's stick on the Saints. The Rams, for two by the way, the Rams, quickly. the Rams even adjusted for for attempts. The Rams have the ninth worst adjusted yards per attempt in the NFL. I mean, they're, they're also just bad. It's, for them, it's not about catching up either. They're just plain bad. See, this is, the, it's so interesting. This is the, I guess the Saints are, they're 27th against running backs, which they could probably struggle with McCaffrey. So that's one thing to keep in mind. But Vikings 10th worst in yards per attempt. I'm just saying a lot of good bad. teams, a lot of good teams uh, have trouble against the pass this year. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to keep having trouble. All right, very quickly, let's talk about the Saints for one more second because I feel like one of those other second half storylines is going to be Breeze in that march for the MVP. We've talked about mm-hmm. that a few different times. I just feel like if he wins it, it really does shape his legacy in an important way because two MVPs or the MVP award, if you have that box checked, let's say he gets another Super Bowl, it, it changes the entire conversation in my mind. Yeah, and, and what I think is really interesting to me is Mahomes versus Breeze for that because I think those, would you agree, those those are going to be the two clear-cut choices at the at the end of the year? Yes, but if I'm, if it's the most valuable player, yeah, Drew Breeze is more valuable to the Saints than Patrick Mahomes is to the Chiefs. I agree. I agree, but I'm just saying from a voting perspective, it, it just depends. It depends on a couple of things. Number one, it depends on how well the Chiefs navigate their really hard games the rest of the year, like against the Rams on Monday night. I think that's going to, if Mahomes has a absolute signature performance that night, then we're having a different conversation and maybe it's not even close. However, I do think, I do think Breeze wins the award. I agree. 
Uh, I feel like we're headed that way. And again, if he wins an MVP and if he does win another Super Bowl, then I don't know. Is he the third best quarterback ever? Behind Manning and Brady? Yeah. He, at, that, at, at, at the time of his retirement, he will be. His interception percentage this year is 0.4%. He had one. <laughs> I saw it happen. His, his, his yards per attempt. So Rodgers and Breeze both have an interception rate under 0.5%. But Breeze's yards per attempt is, point, uh, is half a yard more. I mean, it's just... It's, He's been remarkable. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Him and Michael Thomas are completing eighty nine percent of their throws to each other. <laughs> I, and yeah, and then last week it, it was like eighty percent, and the, it went his, his, the season long completion percentage went down to Michael Thomas. That's all you need to know. It is unbelievable. All right, before we move on, let's take a quick break. KiwiCo creates super cool hands on projects for kids that make learning about Steam fun. KiwiCo projects are designed to spark creativity, tinkering, and learning in kids of all ages. They inspire kids to see themselves as makers and to develop creative confidence to change the world through engineering and creating their own innovative designs and outcomes. Their mission is to empower kids, not just to make a project, but to make a difference. KiwiCo makes the perfect gift for the kids in your life. Each month, they'll receive a fun, engaging new project, which will help develop their creativity and confidence. KiwiCo has six lines of projects to choose from, like the Tadpole Crate for Kids 0-2, to two, all the way up to the Tinker Crate for Teens. KiwiCo is offering today's listeners the chance to try them for free just in time for the holiday season. To redeem this offer and learn more about their projects for kids, visit KiwiCo.com slash NFL. That's KiwiCo.com slash NFL to try them out for free. Now back to the show. All right. Let's get to this week's take shop. I'm going to throw through my really quickly because we kind of touched on it a little bit. I don't hate the Dallas Cowboys head coaching job if it becomes open. I know that there are downsides and I know that I wrote about this today. I kind of gave an enticement factor to all of the jobs that seem like they're going to come open. And for Dallas, it was pretty high because like we talked about, Jerry Jones is the type of guy that's going to trade a first round pick for Amari Cooper. But Jerry Jones is also the type of guy that's going to trade a first round pick for Amari Cooper. This they really go after it in in a way that I feel like you can talk yourself into. It's going to harm you every once in a while, but the resources they have are incredible, and they do what they need to do. The money is going to get spent, and there's enough talent on that team for me to say I can definitely get with this. I mean, if it's a guy like Lincoln Riley, and you can be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, that seems pretty appealing. I feel like somebody decent and a really good candidate is going to be able to get that job if Dallas wants him. And the other part of this, you know what Jerry Jones really is? Loyal. <laughs> I know yeah. he's, you know, he's not a great dude. And I, there's a lot of problems I have with Jerry Jones, but it took him a long time to fire Jason Garrett, even if he does. And he's the type of guy that says we're extending yeah. Dak Prescott. I don't care. He has not know- fired Jason Garrett yet. Remember, that's the problem. Yes, that is the problem. That is a problem. But if you're a good head coach, I feel like there are a lot of positive aspects of this job. I think there are jobs I'd rather have. Working with Aaron Rodgers, for for instance, is a job I'd rather have. But I still think that there is so much roster talent on this team in, in a way that you don't, especially on defense. And again, if the offensive line, when they get Frederick back, it's still a very good group. It's enough for me. I absolutely could talk myself into this. Yeah, look, I, I'm hugely impressed with some of the guys they have on defense, man. Byron Jones broke the record for for jumping at the combine. You know how I feel about that. He's been awesome. Demarcus, DeMarcus he's been shut down in a lot in a lot of situations. Demarcus Lawrence, obviously, is a huge talent. Um, you you love Leighton Van Der Esch more than any human being uh on the He's planet. been really good, man. He, yeah, him I know. and Jalen oh, Smith I know, have been I know. good. But I'm just saying, again, I think the gulf between them and the elite teams is so massive that I just don't know. I don't see a path for them to to close it now. But that's I, the, the, the gap between them and the elite teams might be massive. But that's not what we're talking about here. But no it is. But that's, coaching jobs I guess, are coming. I guess open. we're having two different conversations. Like no, I'm I, saying, I just, the, the coaching I, job is appealing. I, the, no elite coaching jobs are coming open, except if you consider the Packers. No, I, I do consider the Packers one because the Packers have Aaron Rodgers and they can win the Super Bowl any given year. That's fine. And that's why I said I'd rather have the Packers job. But I still think of all the NFL jobs that could come open, this one is pretty good because 
In my opinion, Jason Garrett is the biggest problem. In most jobs, it's not the head coach that's necessarily the biggest problem. You have so many other issues with those gigs. They're, the talent is bad. You know, there's so much dysfunction. It's an organization you never want to play. Like the Raiders. I would never want to be the head coach of the Raiders at this point. But with the Cowboys, it's different. You have resources. You have appeal. And you have talent. There aren't a lot of jobs like that. Yeah, I, I guess I guess we're just having different conversations. I mean, I I just feel like there's there's uh, maybe you take the job because it's better. You're, you're right; it is better than the Raiders' job. But I just it's better than most jobs know. that come open, is what I'm saying. I guess. I mean, it's it's yeah. I mean, listen, you you go ahead and take the Cowboys' job and let me know how it works out for you. Sounds good. If they offer it to me, I'm more than happy to take the what eight million dollars a year or whatever it is. Okay. All right. So uh, I doubt it's eight million at this point, right? Depend. I guess it depends who they bring in. It's the Cowboys. <laughs> they could they could pay the guy twenty and not even care about it. You'd be surprised. Um, all right. So my take shot. Jason is, Garrett got six million a year in 2015. Yeah, I bet it's coming off coming off a year where they almost they probably should have made the Super Bowl. That was the Dez caught it year. If I'm getting that job, I'm pointing to what the Raiders paid Gruden, and I'm saying, "Yeah, I, uh, I'd like something comparable to this, please." I don't think I don't think that. I mean, again, it depends who it's going to be. If it's someone like Sean Payton, then they can they can talk sure. about it. No, exactly. All right, what's All yours? Right. So I have I have one sneaky truth and one take shop, and I was trying to figure out which one is which, and I'll just keep the Cowboys thing going here. So Des Bryant. Lost a lot of athleticism last year. He did not have, you know, I was just reading Albert Breer and he's pointing out correctly the same thing we all saw, which is he lost. He did not have that vertical burst he had previous, which was so important to a lot of his abilities. The foot thing has lingered. Yeah, of course. He's never really gotten over it. Having said that, I do think that he can, I do think there will be some uh, moments in the Des Bryant Saints tenure that make, that embarrass the Cowboys. I think Drew Brees can sort of get anybody 60, 70 yards in a touchdown. And I think Drew Des Bryant can be a solid to above solid signing. Am I wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong. Cause Drew Brees can get, put the ball wherever he wants. It reminds me, like it reminds Jimmy me Graham of, at the end years ago when Lebetard, when Dan Lebetard was just a local show and I, when I was a college student in Miami, they, they asked Tony Dungy. They were like, if, if, if Peyton Manning just had a shopping cart out there, like just a shopping cart, you could just push down the field, and then Peyton Manning could throw balls at it. How many yards would the shopping cart get? <laughs> and I, Tony Dungy, I think said if there was an arm, like a mechanical arm attached to the shopping cart, the shopping cart would get eight hundred yards. Uh, Jordy Nelson was the shopping cart for Aaron yeah. Rodgers last yeah. year, and he yeah. got double digit or the last two years. The last time he got double digit touchdowns in like 2016, and he was so, the shopping cart. So I sort of see that with Drew Brees, where there's they're just shopping carts all over the place, and I feel like they're going to want to get Dez in. Maybe not, maybe not in the next two weeks or whatever, but I think at some point Dez is going to have at least one big game. This is my prediction. I think so too. I'm a little worried about the Des thing. As someone who owns every share of Michael Thomas in fantasy, yeah. I hate this because it's a touchdown thing. All Des can do is post up a dude in the end zone and catch a ball for six points. That's what he can do. And it's going to really annoy me if Michael Thomas never catches another touchdown for the rest of the season because Michael Thomas is one of the best four or five receivers in the world and Des Bryant is a six foot three shopping cart. That's... That's exactly right. You should be extremely worried. Des Bryant is a new Michael Thomas, Mace. No, get out of here. Stop I'm that. Joking. It, it I'm joking. It upsets me. Yeah, in 2016, shopping cart Jordy Nelson caught 97 passes for 1,257 yards and 14 touchdowns. That's classic shopping cart. Let's talk Great about games. shopping cart numbers. Let's talk about the games. All right, three games. Let's get through these pretty quick here. Yeah. Uh, first one, we talked a lot about them. Cowboys at Eagles. We didn't get to the Eagles in the second half storylines, but I mean, this is a right around the time where we're going to need them to start picking it up. And I honestly feel like they can. I'm excited to see this team, Golden Tate, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Nelson Aguilar. This is a lot of weapons. It's going to be a very different offense than I think we saw last season because Tate gives you an element that's not dissimilar to Aguilar. So we're going to see a lot of intermediate throws, but... I'll tell you what, man, Carson Wentz is going to have guys open even against the decent offense or decent defense like Dallas has. 
So I saw a stat the other day from Ruben Frank that I'm just in love with. The Philadelphia Eagles have the 23rd best offense in the league. They are the first offense in the NFC East. That's, That's where we are right now. And I kind of feel like the Eagles knew this when they made the Golden Tate trade. It's not a lost season. There's Even though they're, they, they are a 500 team in the first half of the season, there's just a lot of evidence that if you're above average or average, you can make the playoffs here. And then once that happens, who the hell knows? But I just feel like they're just going to be the hare and wait, the tortoise. They're going to be the tortoise, right? They're going to be the tortoise. Yes. The tortoise. Yeah. No one's going to actually, there is no hair on the NFC East, but I just feel like they can just sort of plot along, win 10 games, make the playoffs. And that's that. I just feel like basic competence is going to win you that division that year, this year. And that's why earlier when we we're talking about the Cowboys, like I, hell it's who the hell knows if the Cowboys go nine and seven, you just don't know. But I, I just feel like, the Eagles are going to be that team that wins nine, 10 games and sort of backs into a playoff spot. We thought that a few weeks ago. And I feel like we thought that. And as seeing the writing on the wall there, they're dangerous. It's a team you don't want to play, but this is the type of game where they really need to come out and show that they're the type of team you should be afraid of. Okay. Stretch. Let me ask you an important question. So you're the Rams. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you are playing one of two teams in the NFC, in the NFC playoffs, okay? Would you rather see the Eagles or the Panthers? That's a really good question. I still think it's probably the Eagles. You'd rather see the Eagles, okay? Yeah. No, I, I, I just wanted know. to see when it's you when close. you say when you say the Eagles are dangerous, I wanted to know how dangerous. Maybe it's just recency bias with how good the Panthers have looked lately, and I really like the Panthers offense. And for me, it's more that I'm worried still about the Eagles defense, especially on the back end. And I don't have the same concerns about the Panthers. I know their secondary isn't great, but they've played fine. You know, Jackson, the rookie has been okay. Bradbury's okay. You know, the safeties or whatever. Eric Reed has been a really nice signing for them. I have more concerns about what the Eagles are on the back end. But again, the Eagles defensive line is still terrifying. That offense is going to have a lot of weapons. You get Lane Johnson back. Darren Sproles is coming back. I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe he does nothing, but again, it's just one more guy to get the ball to in space. So it's close. I feel like it's a, the difference is marginal at best. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I think that this is going to be, I think this is going to be kind of a fun matchup. I, I, I'm now in the same way that, I've joked a lot about Nathan Peterman being must watch. The Cowboys are getting there to where they're just, I just don't know what's going on with them and I can't keep my eyes off them. It's a lot of of rubbernecking. I get a lot of entertainment out of watching the Bills because it's just so terrible and it's not even frustrating. Watching the Cowboys genuinely pains me. I wrote about it earlier this year. It's embarrassing. I mean, their offense is just so bad and it's so uninventive and it's so backward in terms of what you should be doing with this team. I can't even deal with it. I just, I really hope Travis Frederick comes back soon and they, they can actually run the ball again because it's really the only thing they have going for them. How do you not throw like four screens to Ezekiel Elliott a game? How do you not run every single, every single pass you run should be a play action pass. I just don't get this. It just, there are teams that don't use play action because it doesn't fit within their structure. Mm-hmm. And the, the Chargers are the best play action team by yards per pass in the NFL, but they don't run the ball that often. And when they do run the ball, it's usually out of shotgun. They're not an under center team. And not being an under center team kind of disallows you to be a play action team because it's not within just the bones of who you are as a team. The Cowboys are the opposite of that. They run the ball all the time from under center and they should be able to do this all the time and they just refuse to. I just don't understand any of it. I I have no idea what's going on in Dallas right now, dude. I just don't get it. I just really don't get it. Like it's just 40% of your passes should be play action. That's it. End of story. Like you should be doing what the Rams are doing. You have no excuse not to. Scott Linehan, baby. I'm serious. It's just one of those things where I honestly think that some offensive coordinators just get bored and they just want to do something different because mm, yeah. It, it's the, because they don't want to stick to doing the same thing over and over again. It's like, oh yeah, I want to show everyone how no, smart or I am. I I also think it's part of it is just like um, just this weird notion that you need that you ha- there's certain things you do to keep defenses off balance. So yeah, you have to mix it. We're, oh, we're going to be multiple. We're going to yeah, be multiple. No, just do and what you do like, well. Well, why don't you just win games instead of being multiple? It drives me crazy. All right. Seahawks at Rams. 
This is more about, I wanted to chat about the Seahawks. I mean, what do you think about Seattle, where they stand right now? Do you feel like, I mean, they were right there with the Chargers last week. This defense has been pretty solid. I think that they're going to be able to put up points against a Rams team that can't stop anybody. As a Bears fan that is kind of worried about the division with the way that Minnesota is starting to play and maybe kind of eyeing the wild card, Seattle is a team that does absolutely worry me. Yeah, no, look, I, I I completely agree with you. I mean, I think that we had a discussion yesterday about just how good Russell Wilson is, and I think the answer is he's really, really good. Um, and so it just, it, I think this team, there's been a lot of comparisons to the 2012 team with the Seahawks, and I don't think that, that this is the 2012 team, mostly because I just don't anticipate there being a bunch of borderline Hall of Famers who were picked in the mid rounds. Like I just, I just don't think they <laughs> that's, got lucky like that a again. Safe assumption, um, or you know, they. Uh, it's not luck. It was good drafts, but I just don't see that sort of roster talent. But how many times have we seen the Seahawks team? And I think maybe because of the loss of talent, we didn't see this coming again. How many times have we seen this team start out three and three, four and four, four and three, whatever it is, and then all of a sudden they've got. 11 wins at the end of the season, 12 wins at the end of the season. And this team has pretty much figured out how to peak in the modern NFL in December. It's happened a lot under Pete Carroll, but because they don't have an Earl Thomas, because, you know, Richard Sherman, you know, has been gone for this whole season, even though he was out for most of last season, um, because it's not the same cast of characters, we sort of dismiss them. But I absolutely believe with the pieces they have, they can make a nice little playoff run um, in November and December. I, the one thing, I, I was really down on the Seahawks team coming into the year. Really down on them. And one of the reasons I was really down on them is I just expected the offense to be as much of a mess as it had been in years past because of pass protection. Mm-hmm. And one thing I did not account for coming into this season is that Tom Cable is the worst coach in the NFL at any position. And I thought, I knew he was very bad. Let's let me be clear about that. I knew he was very bad. What has been on display this season is that he is absolutely the worst position coach in the league. The Seahawks have a reasonable offensive line now. They can survive. Those guys have played well, and it's mostly the same guys. The Raiders had the best offensive line in football like two years ago, and now they can't block anyone. And I know that's Donald Penn moving and a clutch assembly has been hurt, whatever. There's still enough of them over there that it should not be this. I just cannot even comprehend how terrible of a job he has done over the last five years at these two stops. It's unbelievable. Yep. Yep. It's unbelievable. And the defense is still there. And Bobby Wagner, I think, I think is the highest rated linebacker by PFF grade this year. He's fantastic. Um, you know, and, and, and almost, the corners have been good. You know, the guys that we don't really know about Justin Coleman's been good. You know, Bradley McDougal has been good. Just guys that their, their ability to really develop defensive backs and have those guys be people you can lean on is super impressive. I mean, Coleman's been fine, but McDougal's been really good. Thompson on the back end's been solid. They still have KJ Wright. Frank Clark is a good player. It's not a group of superstars, but they play well together, and the results have been undeniably impressive. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it. You know, it's funny. The, the Wagner thing reminds me of a conversation I had with Richard Sherman last year when he was saying that, you know, the Seahawks have been hugely punished by the fact they've had so many good players on defense when it comes to award season. He was saying he doesn't understand why, why the Seahawks never, you know, they didn't have a defensive player of the year uh, when they were so good, you know, when they had the best defense in the NFL. And he said, it's because teams get punished and before having good players around you, people, people don't really understand how to differentiate between defensive players. And now you see less talent on that defense. Earl Thomas is gone. You see Richard Sherman. And he, the reason he was telling me about this was because he was talking about Bobby Wagner. And he's like, Bobby Wagner should be a defensive player of the year candidate every single year. In fact, he should win the award. Um, and now you see it even more so because it's not the familiar cast of characters. Bobby Wagner is really freaking good. Yeah. He really is. I think that they can absolutely give the Rams a run in this game. And we'll see. I mean, David Moore's given them a downfield element. Well, I mean, they almost gave him a run earlier in the season. That's what I'm saying. David Moore's been a downfield element for them. He's making plays. And the Rams secondary is still such a mess that you figure that Seattle can put up points in this game. And for the first time in a long time, I mean, Aaron Donald can still wreck any game, but it's not a Seattle team where you think, oh, he's going to get five sacks and it's over. And that's a huge deal. All right. Let's get to the Thursday night game. Panthers at Steelers. Good Thursday night game, man. I'm excited. It starts at 515 out here, which isn't as fun, but what are you going to do? 
I'm excited about this game. It's gonna. I, I'm really looking forward to this. Like very. I ca- you know what I kind of like? I ca- I kind of like when these these sort of fringe elite teams play each other. It's like when like in boxing where they have title eliminators. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like one of these teams we're gonna just hype up on Friday, as as on the fringe as like the fifth best team in their conference. Yeah, as we should. Or the third, you feel me, like the third, fifth, fifth best team in the NFL, third best team in their conference. What do you feel like we are not talking about the Steelers enough right now? Um, I think that we're only talking about James Conner. Yeah, I, I mean, but the Steelers as a team. Yeah, no, no, no. I totally agree with you. I think they're lurking. I really do. This is a classic. First of all, did you see the Antonio Brown news? No. He was cited for going over 100 miles per hour Thursday morning. Man. On a on a road. When's the last time you on, drove on a, 100 miles an hour in a car? On a road that is uh, apparently not conducive to that. What was your question? When's the last time you drove like 100 miles an hour in a car? I will not be commenting on that. It's It's been a long, long, long time for it me. Has not, it has not been a long time for me. I don't drive very often, though. I become a, an old man when I drive now. Mm. I, I'm really just I'm sticking like eight mile an hours, eight miles an hour over the speed limit with the cruise control on, mostly in the right lane. I've become very lame in my old age. To be fair, I'm mostly driving Hyundai Sonatas and Nissan Sentros and whatever I rent these days. So not a lot. I did. They did give me a Dodge Challenger when I went to the Cowboys camp, but I didn't really open it up on the PCH at all. Maybe I should have. It was a, a waste. Dodge Challenger. It's all they had. It was cheaper than a mid-sized sedan. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll drive that. That sounds fun. But then I didn't have any fun with it. A couple years ago, they gave me a Chevy Corvette and uh, at the rental car place. And I didn't know how to drive it. Like I literally, yeah, I'm like a really good driver and I'm kind of a car nut, but they, they just literally did not know how to drive it. And so I wasn't paying attention to the speed limit. And so I'm going down, I'm in Georgia and I hear these cops behind me. And I was like, shit, what the hell did I do? And they pull me over. And I was like, how fast are they going? I can't even see the speedometer. I don't understand this car. And they were like, sir, did you know you're going 35 miles per hour on the highway? It's like that scene from Black Sheep. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Okay. Well, I really didn't understand. I thought I was going like 150. Okay. It's the beauty of the Corvette, man. That's the magic. This has been our Panther Steelers preview. Um, no. Uh, wh- who do you like in this game? That's kind of where I'm sitting is I, I'm really not sure what to think of the Steelers and how good they are. They were fantastic last week against the Ravens. And I know they only scored 26 points, but they, they believe they were 10 of 16 on third down. The way they controlled that game was so impressive. And Carolina is typically very good against running back passes. I think that that's something to keep an eye on. Let's see if Connor can do any work in that realm because he was really good in that area last week. I do think this is the type of game where Antonio Brown could go off. Because the, that Carolina team, even when their defenses have been better than this one, they've often struggled with really good receivers in vertical ways. Think about what Julio's been able to do to them at certain times. Yep. And I know that's when Bradbury and Worley were young and you know Jackson and, and Bradbury have been fine this year. But I still think that Brown can go nuts and I still think that Juju can have a big game. But I also think that this Carolina team can move the ball against the Steelers. They're not going to be able to run the ball extremely well because the Steelers' run defense has been excellent. But I do think that they'll be able to attack that team in space because the linebackers have not been good in coverage. And I think that's the way that they can do some stuff. You get the ball to DJ Moore in space. If you get it to Curtis Samuel, if you have Christian McCaffrey working against those guys in the middle of the field, I think they're going to be a lot of points in this game. And I think it's going to be really fun. I saw a stat, uh, Keegan Abdu tweeted this out, that Cam Newton runs play action fifth most out of anybody in the league and Roethlisberger runs at the second lowest of anybody in the league. And Shotgun. so it'll be an interesting contrast here between those those two teams. I also, you know, I'm hugely impressed. The Steelers, the Steelers. never run it. They've, they haven't run yeah. it for years. Yeah, and you know, the Steelers offensive line is really good. I think they're number so one good. in, in uh, I think they're the number one ranked PFF offensive line. Um, and so I, it's it's stylistically going to be a very interesting matchup. I'm, I think probably the Steelers win, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at anything. Let's get to my geeks out because it relates to what you just said. I love both offensive lines in this in this game for different reasons. The Panthers offensive line is not nearly as talented and as just plain good as the Steelers offensive line. But the way that the Panthers have been able to scheme up the running game mm-hmm. and create angles and everything else, that's something to watch because you know they are so good at getting those guys in advantageous spots and it's really allowed them to churn on the ground. And against this front, that's going to be difficult. You know, to it and Hayward... And those are, it's as strong as guys come, especially on the interior. And it's going to be a slog, but 
watch the way that the Panthers try to get angles for their offensive linemen. And then on the other side, just watch how well the Steelers play together. Yep. Uh, it's, it's remarkable. Those guys have played together for so long now. They have such familiarity with each other. Pouncey has been excellent this year. DeCastro always is. Their ability to understand where each other are going to be, how to come off blocks, when to do it, that's all a matter of familiarity and timing and just time together. And it, it just proves how much how important that stuff is. They are the number one example in my mind of that in the NFL right now. And it is a pleasure to watch when it's working. Yep. All right, what's your sneaky truth? And let's get out of here. Sneaky truth for me, Le'Veon Bell is should not show up. Uh, if he showed up right now, it would obviously take him a little bit to get acclimated. Maybe the Steelers don't even play him because James Conner has been what he's been. And that's not it. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell, in my opinion, is more talented than James Conner. But it seems to me the tide has turned in that side, that building where they maybe don't like Le'Veon Bell a whole lot. But beyond that, there's a new report that he would get $25 million if he gets tagged again next year. Um, there's just, they're not going to tag him They're I think the Steelers are just done with Le'Veon Bell. I don't know, um, what kind of stuff in the open market he could get, but I do know that it's, I don't think it's going to change now. I think that, that, that ship has sailed. He probably should have played this year. He probably should have collected, um, the, the 15 million he would have gotten, but that ship has sailed. So I would just, just, I would just hang out. I'm with you. I, I see no upside to him playing. Absolutely none. All right. That's it. That's all we got for today. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Ringer NFL show on the Ringer Podcast Network. We will be back to you on Sunday from Las Vegas, where we yeah. will both be. Everybody come to Las Vegas. If you are if you live in Vegas, please go check out tickets We're gonna be for a live mo- event. Monday, not Sunday. The, the live event is on Monday. We will, yeah. be having, we will be podcasting on Sunday as well as having a is live real? crossover. Are we doing both? I don't know. I figured we'd do both. I mean, we'll be together. It's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. But okay. anyway, if you live in Vegas, please go check out the ticket link with, at Caesars. Or just come, just move to Vegas. Or just move to Vegas. Just fly in for the weekend. Why not? All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in a few days. Today's show is brought to you by KiwiCo. Are you stumped on what to give the kids in your life this holiday season? KiwiCo creates super cool hands-on projects for kids of all ages that make learning about science, technology, engineering, art, and math fun. KiwiCo is offering today's listeners the chance to try them for free just in time for the holiday season. To redeem this offer and learn more, visit kiwico.com slash NFL.